Michael Sparrow to say the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, we offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world Keep in mind that Jesus Christ has died for us and is risen from the dead. He is our saving Lord. He is joy for all ages. Eternal Father, we offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
Keep in mind that Jesus Christ has died for us and is risen from the dead. He is our saving Lord. He is joy for all ages. Eternal Father, we offer you the body and blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement, atonement for our sins and, and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Keep in mind that Jesus Christ has died for us and is risen from the dead. He is our saving Lord. He is joy for all ages. Eternal Father, we offer you the body and blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the holy world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Keep in mind that Jesus Christ has died for us and is risen from the dead. He is our saving Lord. He is joy for all ages. Eternal Father, we offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. 
the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Keep in mind that Jesus Christ has died for us and is risen from the dead. He is our saving Lord. He is joy for all ages. Holy God, Holy, holy Mighty One, Holy, holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hi, this is Sharon Brummer with Catholic Charities, serving people of all faiths in Southeast Wisconsin. We provide human services from adoption and pregnancy support to counseling, outreach services for people in crisis situation, in-home support for older adults. Visit us online at ccmke.org for more information and for a site close to you. That's ccmke.org. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. I'm your moderator, Joan McHugh, and we have one of our regulars here today who you know and love so well, Father Michael Sparrow, S.J., from the Bellarmine 
retreat house. He is the spiritual director there, and uh, and he holds an MFA from Yale School of Drama, and he's a doctor of ministry from St. Mary of the Lake in Mundelein. Father is the founder of Caris, a national Jesuit retreat ministry for young adults in their 20s and 30s. And he's trained spiritual directors at Loyola University in Chicago. Um, Father is seen regularly on Shalom World Catholic Television and is heard regularly on WKRC Radio in Cincinnati and WSFI Catholic Radio in Greater Chicagoland. You can go to his website, heartoheart.org, to find just wonderful things there, videos and talks and books and so forth. So um, today's topic is going to be, we're going to talk about the healing power of grief. And we have in the studio three widows, myself, Susie, and Rosemary. We've all lost our husbands, Rosemary and I, within this year, and Susie a few, three, four years ago. So um, we'll join in the conversation. So Father, Welcome to the show, and what do you have to say about grief and its healing? Well, I'm delighted to be with you and these holy women. Um, I think we're in for a very interesting and illuminating discussion uh, in this next hour. Um, I want to begin with just quoting Jesus in the Beatitudes. Uh, Jesus said, Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's really what we're talking about today. And we usually don't think of mourning as being a blessing in our life. Um, but this past week, the poet uh, Mary Oliver uh, died, one who is often quoted uh, by preachers and fellow poets. Um, and uh, th I'd like to begin our reflection with a poem that she wrote, which is very short. She called it The Uses of Sorrow. In my sleep I dream this poem. Someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this, too, was a gift. Someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this, too, was a gift. It's this gift that we would like to open up in this next hour of reflecting on how God's grace can be at work in our life, even in the midst of deep grief and mourning. Let me read just one other poem here that I think helps us. This is by Robert Browning. He entitles it Along the Road. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way. She left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and ne'er a word shed, said she. But oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. So let's open this up, that God is not abandoning us in our grief, that God is with us and using the grief to open us up to deeper stages of growth and relationship with Him. Uh, I can say that witnessing the, an incredible transformation in my, own, in my mom's life when my dad died, 
he died uh, 20 years ago this this past November and my dad was a very large personality he uh, he, he was he owned his own company and he was always a take take charge kind of guy his motto was uh, well if I'm gonna join an organization I may as well run it <laughs> <laughs> because who could run it better than me <laughs> that's great <laughs> and my mom was always right behind him she was his greatest fan and greatest supporter and greatest critic you know she would let him know what what she thought at any one moment was there to console him and was there to uh, correct him but she was always in his shadow but after my mom died there was an incredible transformation in her personality uh, she had always been in in his shadow and she became much more dominant much stronger and we you know I, I'd grown up with my mom she was my mom she was there my, my whole life but we saw this strong powerful woman emerge who had kind of chosen to hide herself in my dad's shadow and when he was no longer on the scene she emerged and her thoughts her opinions her ideas her spirituality blossomed and this wasn't just me saying this all five of us kids remarked what a remarkable transformation has has taken place in mom uh, she became I think uh, in some ways just a part of her personality blossomed that couldn't blossom it, it blossomed in a different way it was she was what she needed when my dad was alive and when he wasn't alive there was all, all these other parts of her that that just grew and uh, it changed our relationship it changed her relationship with all five of her kids that's so beautiful for the, for the better uh, in terms of her giving advice and and we knew that she needed time and, and consolation as, as, as well um, and she did that through this strong period of mourning she grieved for at least two years there was a, a, a deep deep sadness in in my mom after my dad died she did not get over that loss easily but in the midst of that grief and she did her spiritual homework uh, what emerged was I think a stronger faith a stronger relationship with with her children and a claiming of her gifts in a way that uh, she had not recognized previously in her life. Mm -hmm. So let me just put that out there as uh, uh -huh. openers for our discussion. You know what? When sh when she was blossoming, I was thinking. I was thinking. I haven't. I hope this will happen to me someday. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's he, Tommy will have died uh, in a week. It'll be a year, and I I don't feel the blossoming. And I was talking to my daughter and. Um, I, I was so profoundly sad one day, and I had nothing to do, and I had no energy to do anything, and that's unusual for me, and I wondered if I was depressed, and Katie said, Mom, I think you lived Dad's life, even though I had a life, I wrote books and did things um, and gave presentations. I was very busy and always busy with the kids and so on, but really... I I myself think I took second place to Tommy. I I let him let his whatever it was about him kind of dictate my life. You, do you understand what I'm saying? And now he's gone and and Katie said, "Mom, I think you have to learn to live your life." And I think she was right. And I'm waiting for the blossoming. 
What about you guys? Well, you know, it's funny because it, from what you were saying, Father and uh, Joan, uh, something that came to me yesterday, uh, in the gospel, uh, Jesus said the Sabbath was uh, made f- for man and not man was not made for the Sabbath. And I, I looked the word up. And, of course, the word sabbatical comes from the word Sabbath. And it means rest. Mm-hmm. And it means a time of freedom. It means a time of, of clearing our minds, time of learning, a time of growing, a se- time of separation. Mm-hmm. And it just, f- I just felt like that's what our time of grieving should be. It should be a time when we, we're going to be doing something different. And, yes, we may have feel tremendous times of sadness and, and regret and remorse or or um, just loneliness mm-hmm. all those things that come with it and that's that's perfectly natural for us to feel that way but it should lift after a while it, that that time of sabbatical with our Lord should fill us and change us and make us new people and I think Joan just you're doing this program think of the people we're touching you through your leadership here so it um i think sometimes we're doing well good things and and we don't realize uh, and how there, good and there isn't a set timetable we all grieve in different waves mm-hmm. and the psychologists tell us that grief often comes in waves so it can kind of overwhelm us yeah. and we find ourselves crying and not quite understanding why i'm why i'm crying and then things sub- subside and then it's peaceful and then another wave comes and for some period, for, for some, the, the period of mourning may be six months or maybe a year. In my mother's case, it was two years, mm-hmm. Joan, before that blossoming really began to wow. to emerge. But the fact that it's coming, I, I'm kind of yeah. excited about that. Rosemary, what about you? How are you doing? I'm at a <coughs> kind of a quiet phase. I'm mm-hmm. not... I'm just learning to adjust my time and get develop a routine. I had every minute accounted for when my husband was alive mm-hmm. and he was so ill <coughs> and my whole day was programmed for me mm-hmm. from yes. the time I woke till I went to bed and often during the night it was, you know, throughout sure, the day sure. and night. And... Uh, so I'm getting used to having free time. You know, I think my whole life was programmed, uh, and it centered around the family and around Tommy. Now, for me to have to go home after this show, and to be home by myself, and then I don't. I think now, what am I going to do with myself? It's like I always had things to do. People, you know, I I I'm getting used to being alone. It's not easy, right? <coughs> So it's <laughs> it's it's a new chapter in your life, and if our context is that God is not through with me, God is teaching me something new in the midst of this, and it, it's a process of transformation. Uh, you know, it can become trite, but that image of the caterpillar turning into the butterfly uh, is is one that has been used by Christians throughout the centuries that speaks of here we are crawling around and if we go through this process of this metamorphosis of going into the womb and that's a sabbatical time, it's a time of rest, 
of of transformation and then emerging of something total totally different a caterpillar can't fly (laughs) and a butterfly doesn't crawl upon the earth they're two it's the same animal but it's two different two very different chapters of life and jonah's as you were saying you needed tommy was like i think a lot like my dad a very strong personality and like like my mom you supported his endeavors yes and now there's this opportunity to learn what what new things does God have in store for you? Mm-hmm. Because he chose to call Tommy home at, at this mm-hmm. time, but you're still here and the ticker's still ticking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, the other thing that, that is hard for me is like wanting to connect with him. And I read all these things, this beautiful book by the Lynn brothers about grief and everything, uh, love is the connective tissue that makes all things one, and all we're always with the person the, who's deceased. And then there's a little story about here about a deceased person, a cousin that was so full of the joy of life, and after she died, this person could feel her presence in the joy and in her, her personality. I would like that. I would like to feel Tommy's presence more. I mean, I kind of believe it, but... Do you guys feel <coughs> Joe's presence or well, Bob's? <laughs> I no, I don't feel his presence. I feel more the Lord's presence <laughs> than I did when he was around. Um, Joe was my spiritual leader. There's no question about it. Uh-huh. He he guided me, and I think so often, even some of the things that I'd like to share today are things that he taught me. Wow! And uh, so I. You know, he was really an avenue uh, for the Holy Spirit. But when you talk about joy, um, I'm an admitted uh, Bishop Barron groupie. Uh And uh, one of the things he said just the other day there again these all the scriptures we've had lately have just to me when as soon as you said we're going to talk about grief i kept hearing it and hearing it in so many ways but um in the uh, the gospel of the the miracle at the wedding feast at cana he's uh he says bishop Barron says that often wine was a symbol of joy in the in the gospels mm-hmm. in not only the gospels but throughout the bible and uh, so what did Mary say? We, they have no wine. They had no joy. And that is some, so what we, they, he said. She went right ahead, took the authority of that, that mm-hmm. wonderful Mary authority that we love, and said, do whatever he tells right. you. So I think that's what, that, to me, that drives me right back into the word. What is he telling yes, me to yes. do? Good what point. Is, what has he done? What does he want me to do? I go to prayer a lot more than I used to, I must say. I find myself praying a lot. What about mm-hmm. you, Rosemary? Yes, I do too. And I feel <coughs> I need to do more uh, adoration. I haven't gotten into a routine yet, and that's the hard part for me because... Mm-hmm. <coughs> What to I do can, with all your free well, time? Well, <laughs> either to go to, I mean, I believe that uh, you do need to start out early in the morning and do your praying then. But I have been sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. Mm-hmm. I've found it's, it's only been three months. <clears throat> 
but I've just needed a lot of sleep, mm-hmm. and I don't get up early easily. Mm-hmm. So I have to program myself if I do that. Maybe your body needs it, though. It's healing, you know. After all those years of, uh, of caregiving. Yeah, you were stressed Night to the max. Day. I was um, very heartened. This was a while back, but I heard a priest who spoke, and um, he said that um, when you receive communion is the time you can commune with your dead loved ones. Oh, I love that. And it is really a beautiful thought. I love that. Mm. Can I build on that, Rosemary, that my mom died uh just a few years ago and my brother Steve picked up on exactly what you just articulated and if we think about it that when we're receiving the body of Christ we're in connection with the body of Christ which is the image that St. Paul used for all the believers and there's the body of Christ on earth but there is the communion of saints which is the body of Christ in heaven And that was a source of tremendous comfort for us in the family of thinking, all right, we believe that our mom is in heaven. Mm. She's part of the communion of saints. She's part of the body of Christ glorified. Mm. So when we're receiving the body of Christ Jesus, we're not only in contact with the historical Jesus, Mm -hmm. we're in communion with the body of Christ glorified, and therefore we're connected with, with our mom. That's very solid Catholic theology, but we usually don't think of it that way. And uh, just as you Mm -hmm. were saying, you you know, that when we receive communion, we are in communion with our loved ones who are in communion with Jesus. Mm, That's beautiful. That is. It's very consoling. It is very comforting. Yes. Now, I'd like to take a little turn to to a little darker place because my friends, the Lynn brothers, they, uh, they wrote here, After the death of a loved one, we are 14 times more likely to have a heart attack and 15 times more likely to suffer clinical depression. And, you know, I I don't want to always use myself as an example, but I have these back issues. And since Tommy died, I've, I've got, they've gotten so bad and I've seen two back doctors. And the problem is I always have to sit down when I walk. I can't walk anywhere. I can't even walk 100 feet without saying, oh, I wish I had a chair. (laughs) So two back doctors have signed off on me and saying it's not your back. And so I just, I'm so wondering, and I want Father to weigh in, and Rosemary, you want to say something. What, maybe this is... Miss, this is the uh, result of deep grief because I have grieved very deeply for Tommy. Mm-hmm. Rosemary was dying to say something. I don't, <coughs> I don't feel it. I have a deep, deep grief. I feel that I did a lot of grieving while my husband was so ill and yes, weak. Yes, yes. And we kind of went through that process together then. But um, I had... A friend just two days ago after mass in the morning um, she overheard me telling somebody that I was just having this hip issue and my legs were weak when I tried to stand from a sitting position and you know I was I guess complaining and so this other lady came up to me and she said and she too was a widow within the year and 
She said, you know, after my husband died, I didn't cry a lot or feel like I was grieving deeply, but I felt like my body was falling apart. Wow. Wow. So it can affect you physically, I do believe. I wonder. That was a real eye-opener for me. Sure, sure. Father, what do you think about that? So we're... We're talking about grief as a necessary stage of healing. It's mm-hmm. it's not the entirety of our experience, but it's a critical part of the experience. And especially we in America, and I would say true in Western contemporary culture, we want to leapfrog over this stage yeah. of mourning. Right. Father Paul Mackey, who is uh, the former executive director at the Bellarmine Retreat House, where I live and work, told this story very publicly so I can share it. Uh, after his mother died, and there's always a special relationship between priests and mothers, yeah. Father Mackey did not take the time to grieve. He, uh, I, and we've been, you know, I have th- th- three ladies who have, have lost their husbands in the studio here with me. Um, but men men grieve, I, th- I think, in a slightly different way than, than women. And the tendency for many men is just throw yourself back into your work or throw mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. into another relationship. Yeah. And that what Father Mackey did was throw himself into his work. Mm-hmm. And there's always more work, t- work to do. And until, and, and he did that for about two years until he hit a wall and one day he just could not get out of bed in the morning and he didn't know why he was out of, why he couldn't wow. get out of bed. And then he had to work with a psychologist, a counselor, who said, and they dug down deep, and they said, you never mourn the loss of your mom, Mm -hmm. who was his primary relationship in in his life. And he had to take six months off and go back and uh, be in touch with his sorrow, be in touch with his sadness, and all all these other walls that he had built around his grief. He had to deconstruct that. And then the result was he emerged much stronger and much healthier and much wiser and a a very wise counselor of others and and helping them in the necessary stage of grief. It's not your whole experience, but we have to be in touch with that that mourning. And there's no easy way to do it. And one other story of of a gentleman that I was talking to who... who, uh, lost his wife of 60 years mm-hmm. and he had these tremendous pains in his chest oh. not a, not unlike your your back pain yeah. and he went to the doctor and the doctor said your heart is fine he said but i feel like my heart is bursting and he said well unfortunately that's the grief and i was talking to him about this and he said when they talk about a broken heart i i never realized that they were talking about it would physically, physically. manifest itself like that in in my life his his sorrow was so profound mm-hmm. we need to be attentive to that and gentle with ourselves to take that sabbatical time to take that deep prayer time to take that time of rest to take that time alone to to enter into that and know that there can be a gift in in that darkness and that sadness so the, the the friend that had to go to bed and then got the counselor then could he walk after he did the, the he addressed his issues he he emerged from that prof- much more wise wow. and able to he's he's 
he's one of the best spiritual director counselors I know now because he because he did his homework, but God knocked him down <laughs> and <laughs> said, "You got to deal with this." And so, for could be, I'm feeling a slight surge of hope within me. Could it be that? This lack of ability to walk and having to sit is part of grieving and that maybe it can be healed. Let me just tell our listening audience, Joan, you were the one who suggested this program. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a profound sign of hope because oh, you know we need to talk about this. Of course. These After sure. the break, we're coming back for this more on this of hopeful for our healing. For 25 years, the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore has been proud to be a faithful provider of Catholic books, gifts, and devotional items. Holy Family is now your source for First Communion dresses. We have over 15 styles of First Communion dresses to choose from, and along with the veils, they are all in stock. For a special experience, personalized fittings are available by calling the store. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello, I'm Juliana Taimarazi from the Iraqi Christian Relief Council in Chicago. Our culture needs Catholic radio as a tool for evangelization and catechesis. As a powerful platform, Catholic radio brings Christ to us all and brings us closer to Christ. Get the real Catholic news from Catholic radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. We just took a break and we were having a very um, hopeful discussion about the healing of grief. Um, Father Michael Sparrow, SJ, is hosting the program, and Susie and Rosemary, uh, fellow widows, are here. Um, Rosemary lost her husband three months ago, was it? And Susie, four years ago. 
but we've all felt the effects of grief. And I was sharing how I was becoming physically incapacitated. And Father told this wonderful story of this priest who didn't grieve and then went to bed after two years because he broke down because he had never addressed his grief. And so, Father, there is hope to heal from even physical disabilities, um, but it takes time. Is that it? It takes time, and, and it takes, uh, as Christians, we, we would say, Catholic Christians, we, we would say it takes deep prayer, and it's mm -hmm. uniting ourselves with Jesus mm -hmm. in the midst of this. Uh, Teilhard de Chardin. Uh, oh, I love Teilhard de Chardin. I love him. Well, listen what, what he has to say here. I've come to think that the only, the supreme prayer we can offer during these hours when the road before us is shrouded in darkness is that of our Master on the cross. In manus tuus commendo spirit tu me spiritum meum, into your hands I commend my spirit. <laughs> to the hands that broke and gave life to the bread, that blessed and caressed, that were pierced, to the kindly and mighty hands that reach down to the very marrow of the soul that mold and create, to the hands through which so great a love is transmitted. It is to these that it is good to surrender our soul, above all when we suffer or are afraid, and in doing so, there is great happiness and mm. great merit. Teilhard is saying we need to echo those words of Jesus saying, into your hands, O Lord, I commend my soul. Again and again, it, because we can't understand all of what's going on inside of us. But the, the act of faith is to say, Jesus, it isn't important that I even understand all of what's going on. What is important is that I surrender it to you. That I unite my, my I, suffering with his. With yours. And that I entrust my suffering to you. Into your hands, O oh Lord, I commend my spirit. I, I put my sadness my, and the moments of joy and my hope for my, my future. I surrender it to you. You know, he did, Jesus did this himself, of course. Um, in the Garden of Gethsemane. I was, um, it, this is one of the first things that came to my mind when uh, you gave us our topic. And I was thinking about how he went in and what did he, he, he said, um, uh, my soul is um, sorrowful. sorrowful unto the point of death. Yes. That he's, he was grieving to the point right. where he felt like, almost like he wanted to take his life. He wanted to give up his life. Yes. He didn't want to have to face what he knew was uh, before him. And uh, that was another scripture, again, that uh, Joe loved so much. And I think it was because he suffered a lot from depression. Mm -hmm. And maybe he had some thoughts of, mm -hmm. of ending his life at t mm -hmm. certain mm -hmm. very low moments. Uh, and he wouldn't admit to that because he was such a strong right. Catholic Christian. Yeah. But um, being his wife, I knew. I knew. Saint Teresa, the little flower, was tempted with thoughts uh, yeah. of taking her own life. Right. So great was her suffering from the tuberculosis she faced. Right. So those thoughts are th thoughts are there. Mm -hmm. we, we just need to pray for the strength to recognize those are not of God and 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 to push those away. Yeah, and they, it says in scripture that he was troubled in spirit and um it, it reminded me too of when Lazarus 
died. Mm -hmm. um, he was told, and he didn't go right away mm -hmm. to Lazarus. He stayed back, mm -hmm. but he was, it says the shortest verse in scripture is Jesus wept. wept. Right. And, but he, he groaned in his spirit, and he, he went into his depths, into his center to, to pray to, and, and grieve. And he, he did it again when he came to be with Mary and Martha. So it's all right. In, in Romans, Paul tells us that, um, you know, sometimes we don't have the words. It's um, that, uh, but this, as he says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So we can trust God to give us the words, to give us the inspiration, how to pray for ourselves. So s that's you know, hard for me because sometimes I don't even know how to pray in, in my loneliest moments. And I, that, I think that's right. one of the, the hardest parts of this grieving is the loneliness. I don't ever remember being lonely in my life. You know, I was always busy. I had my kids. I had my books. I had, you know, plans. I had, and, but now the loneliness. And so I just wonder what you think about this. Like, in prayer, when I have the, that deep loneliness, sometimes I think a lot about people who have nothing to do, who are sitting in nursing homes. It's, it's, it makes me cry to think of them because I visited with Tommy a lot in nursing homes. These people have n their families not around. So, you know, maybe it's a call for me to pray for these people. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, that touches me so deeply. I, I would say absolutely. It's a it's a call, and it's notice, Joan, that your loneliness invites you to reflect on the loneliness and the sadness of others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're, you're mm -hmm. feeling, and I I think that's a holy movement of grace. Wow. If it just if your loneliness closes you in on yourself, right. woe, woe is me. No, right. Nobody is suffering as much as I am. Right. That's not of God. But a loneliness that opens you up to the sorrow of others yes, within yes. the world, yes. that is of God. That, that's a holy yes. grieving because it's, it's taking you into part of this communion. And so can you just offer that, that for people who need, who are, who are so lonely like me, can I offer that and say, Lord, help? Help people. Help people the in nursing homes. Help those who are the are most traditional mm -hmm. morning offering. Oh Jesus, through the immaculate heart of Mary, I offer you all my joys, prayers, yes, works, works, and sorrows yes, of yes, this day. Yes, mm -hmm. beautiful. Right, Rosemary. Did you have something to say? Well, I agree with you on, uh, and from my nursing home experience was not with my husband, but with my mother who was 14 years in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, an awful time uh, for me, but it was a learning experience for me and my siblings who were older than me. Mm -hmm. And because we had to visit mm -hmm. as often as we could so that she would get the care she sure, needed. Sure. You have you learn a lot sure. about people in nursing homes and how they are now, in my mind, the poorest of the poor. Yes. Because I, I, once families um, deposit their elderly yeah, relatives yeah. in a nursing home, often 
they don't come and visit on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then they don't get the attention they should yes. have. And um, That's so sad. I, That's yeah, so very sad. I remember once on a Sunday, I, I usually went Sundays and other days, but one Sunday the nursing home was preparing for grandparents' day, so they were all busy rushing around, but when I went into my mother's room, it was about 10 in the morning, they had buckets collecting water that were dripping down from the ceiling because they had put in a, um, a foam uh, insulation into the roof, so when there were leaks in the roof, it would tunnel around and come wherever it led yeah. and they had no hot water at the nursing home that day she hadn't been gotten up and washed and mm -hmm. dressed she was still in this very thin gown mm -hmm. it was one of the most pathetic times that I've ever seen my mother and she was shivering and cold oh. mm -hmm. so I mean you wouldn't think in our time that would be the case, but they were busy elsewhere and they were shorthanded. Mm -hmm. Sundays are a very hard day to keep help, you know, mm -hmm. um, if somebody doesn't come in, it, it's a big loss. If I could corroborate what you were saying, I have a friend who owns several nursing homes and uh, the, the, in these nursing homes, they, the staff does their best to really care, but he said, it's remarkably sad what a small percentage of family members go to visit their loved ones in a nursing home. He said it's the exception that family members will remain engaged. In many cases, they just say, that's the job of the staff. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll pay the bills. You know, we'll spend mom or dad's money, but it's your responsibility. I, I got a life to, to live. And that is so sad because... Um, it's it's a necessary part of life to stay connected with those who are, are are sick and who are in the midst of the dying process. And one of the most influential books I read as a young man was The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker, which is an indictment of Western society that says we, d we don't want to acknowledge the fact mm -hmm. that we're all going to get sick and die. And mm -hmm. we, we just push it away. Mm -hmm. And... What, we're, what you just raised, Rosemary, is an indicator of that. I don't want to be around sick people. I don't want to be around all of those old, old mm -hmm. people. They make me depressed. Mm -hmm. Well, hello, hello, says Jesus. That's going to be you one, one, one day. Mm -hmm. And it will destroy you unless you have the emotional and spiritual support to be able to say that God is loving me even in the midst of as my body breaks down, as I lose my loved ones. God is not abandoning me, but he's calling me to be strengthened spiritually. And, and most, of, most of us run away from that. We don't want to do that hard work. And so it almost seems to me like that for, for those of us who are grieving, it can be sort of like an apostolate to turn our, our grief into prayer for others who have problems. Absolutely. I've talked about uh, some of the work that I've done with military veterans, and Father Matt Foley, who 
again, he's told this story publicly, so I, I can repeat this. He's the uh, the pastor at St. James in Arlington Heights, and he served over in Afghanistan several tours of, of active duty in the midst of seeing the horrors of war. And at times, uh, those memories of people that he served with that, he, that have been lost in combat have come back and overwhelmed him. Wow. The grief has just paralyzed him. And wow. he said, when that happens, I've learned that what I need to do is to go out and I need to work in the soup kitchens. <laughs> I need direct mm -hmm. contact with the poor. Because he said, that grief starts to overwhelm me yeah. and, and I start feeling sad for all that I've lost. He said, the best anecdote, uh, or the best antidote, antidote is for me to go out and, and to serve the poor and, and to say, here are people who are suffering much more than I am r r right mm -hmm. now. And he said, That's, that consoles me. It's not like, am I a wonderful person because no. I'm helping these poor no. people? No. It's like, I, I need to serve the poor because in doing that, it's a bomb for my for these wounds of my soul. But yeah. you can't. But but I think it has to come from the spirit, don't you, Susie? Like you can't just say, "Well, I'm going to go do this or this." It's no. Like but it's I th I think any psychologist will tell you, people who suffer from depression, right. one of the best things to do is something for somebody else. Yes. Yeah. And to try and find another needy person right. and force yourself to try and meet their needs in your small way what a how it mm -hmm. might be just going over and having a cup of tea with somebody it doesn't have to be anything big except but I just like that loneliness i think like you said is i mean I, that's one of the most profound memories the worst memories i have too rosemary of uh when joe was in the nursing home i walked in one day early and he was sitting there alone in his room hunched over in his wheelchair mm -hmm. and i said how are you he didn't even look at me he just said I am so lonely. Oh my gosh! And I just—I mean, never said Susie. it to me in fifty years. 50. Never said that, you know. But I. Uh, oh my oh, gosh! I, I can feel it. Yeah, it was—it was very, very sad. And uh, so, of course, I was there all day, every day. Yes, but it, yes. It—it it, it isn't always enough. And no, that was one of the best nursing homes, right? Yes, I it mean. Oh yeah. Oh, it had nothing to do with his care. Right, he was, right. He was right. clean and right. up and fed and yes. all that, but he was alone. He just felt so alone. Do you think this is part of the condition of just getting old? I mean, older, <laughs> not old. L let, yeah. me, l let me just jump in with a yes, card yes, card yes. Card Cardinal Bernadine story that he told in The Gift of Peace. So it's yeah. not, grief can come certainly from the loss of a loved one, but after the false accusation came against Cardinal Bernadine, and he was the first bishop really in, in, in the world to be internationally disgraced with yeah. this accusation. He went back to, to his room and, and he brought that to deep prayer and he said, I am so lonely. Oh. And his thought was the agony in the garden. And he, the prayer that he prayed was, he said, never in all of my years as a priest and in a bishop have I understood the profound loneliness, Jesus, that you experienced when you were wow. in the garden. Wow. He said, all these years of priesthood, I never understood the agony that you went through in the garden with this false accusation. Yes. That's a different kind of grief that brought up this loneliness. Mm. But Cardinal Bernadine was holy enough, and he, he recognized, oh, oh, I'm not the only one who's feeling this. This 
now I understand what Jesus was going through with his profound wow. loneliness. Right. But wow. something important, though, I think uh, that he, Jesus said right after that to his father, he said, not my will, mm-hmm. but thy will be done. And so, um, again, um, when I think when we have these feelings of grief and, and wh- however they exhibit themselves, I think it, it's a good time to, one thing I like to do in my life um, is uh, bathe my happenings of the day in Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I've gotten in the habit of just saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the littlest things yes. you can't yes. imagine, you know, just having enough something in the yes. refrigerator. Yes. It's just, um, you know. Uh, it's, I, it's I agree a, with that. Yeah, I, love, and, I love that. Um, a, a dear friend of mine who's suffering a great deal right now from cancer sent out um, a little message the other day. It was so beautiful. But she shared that scripture from um, Philippians 4. It says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, right. make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which, passes, which surpasses all understanding, mm-hmm. will guard your hearts mm-hmm. and your minds in Christ Jesus. But I think the operative word for me in that verse is with thanksgiving. Yeah. That's beautiful, Susie. And uh, I just, um, I think, again, even though you don't feel it, you say it by faith. I felt thankful I was walking down the hall this morning when I, as soon as I got up, and I could walk without having to sit down, and I was thanking God yeah. for that little respite of not having to sit. It was just wonderful. Yeah, sure. So... But I have new hope with this program for healing because, you know, God will take our deepest grief from what I'm hearing and turn it into healing for someone through our prayers. Absolutely. He will help others through us. That just gives me so much joy at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I believe that's that's the truth. Um, you referred earlier in the program to th- the Lynn's. Yes, and yes. they've written a lot on the healing process. Right. Um, and that Thanksgiving is, is a critical component. But one of the things they remind us of Grace. is that there are different stages that we, the we go through. The eight stages of life. The yes, stages of life and the stages of grief uh-huh. that, that all of us have to work through, that we have to work through our denial, that there's going to be a stage of anger, that there is going to be a stage of depression, that there is going to be a stage of bargaining. What could I have done differently? What could mm-hmm. they have done differently? Until we get to this stage of acceptance and to recognize those normal human emotions that uh, are, are going to be a, a part of any great loss. And to say that this is, this is where I am in, mm-hmm. this, in this healing process. And... It's a good thing to recognize, I want to be thankful, um, and, and to focus on all the ways in which God is not abandoning me, He hasn't forgotten mm-hmm. about me, but at the same time, to be honest about and not suppress mm-hmm. the anger that comes up, the depression, yes, feelings yes, of de- de- yes. depression, yes. All, all of these struggles in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, we only have a little over two minutes, Father. We, we're gonna, you've uh, emailed us your prayer requests for healing, and so this is all about healing, and it's about you, our listeners. So, Father, may I say what the the people have written, and then you will pray for them. Of course, and please. we'll pray at the end. Um, we have um, 
a man, um, let me see, what's it, Jose, he, he was praying for a new heart to forgive his sins and to help, uh, help for the Lord to help him serve him better. That's Jose. And then we have um, another Jose. I think it's the same one. It is the same one. Two emails. Take away my heart of stone. Give me a new heart and to please heal his family. And then we have Cheryl who's asking to find a solution for her daughter's situation. Uh, heal and heal Cheryl of arthritis. And then uh, uh, somebody by the name of C-O-L-E to pray for myself and my girlfriend that, that she may come back to Texas soon and one day we could raise our family. I'd also like, Father, to pray for uh, the Bending family uh, who are going through a lot of changes, new job, new location, and just their general overall um, well-being. They, they're a beautiful family, and David works here at the studio. He helps out with our show. So, And then I'd also like to pray for Diane Lolly, who broke two places in her leg, and she's home. I, I, she's probably listening, and we'll pray for Diane for her complete healing and for always for my granddaughter, Ellie, for mm -hmm. cystic fibrosis. And any other prayer requests, we have about 50 minutes, fathers, for you to pray and then to bless our listeners. Well, I wish we had 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, we have 50 seconds. 50 yeah. seconds, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we bless you. And we truly believe that your grace can do so much more than we ask or imagine. We pray for Jose and Cheryl and Cole. We pray for the Bending family. We pray for Diane. We pray for Ellie. And I pray for Rosemary and Joan and Susie, for all those who have lost loved ones, for all those who are grieving, for all those who are listening to this program or who will listen on a podcast, whose hearts are grieving. Lord, we lift up these intentions to you who are the source of all grace and hope. Provide your blessing and the grace that we need to be sustained in the journey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.